NFL experience? Then this is the show for you. This is Up on Game with LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plaxico Burris. Did you hear that? LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris? It's a show with three of the best to ever do it on and off the field. And now, here's Pro Bowlers LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion Plaxico Burris. All right. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy Bowl Game Saturday to everyone. Happy day. It's 2022, everyone. January 1st. What a great time to be alive. What a great time to have a resolution. Yeah, it's cliche. New Year's resolution. But let's get it. Let's get it done, huh? How about it? All right, got a great slate of games today. We got a great slate of, of topics to get to today, fellas. Uh, college football playoff. We'll get to those reactions right here in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk Russell Wilson. We'll talk some quarterbacks. Uh, could they be on the move? Could this be final games for guys? Uh, legendary moment. This one will be pretty interesting because, well, this week uh, – It'll be one of our show guys, so you'll have to stay tuned to see which one of the co-hosts of the Up On Gang crew did, well, a legendary moment with your boy, him, myself, LeVar. And speaking of, yeah, right, and speaking of myself, LeVar, uh, we got Stretch Armstrong himself, Plexico Burris, and we got Pantene Man, TJ Mr. Hushmanzada. Now, I know, TJ, you're up in the mountains in, in Big Bear enjoying a, a, a dope-ass, uh, a nice woo. mountain home and all that stuff. Uh, Plex, did you did you go anywhere uh, exotic? I know you. You like being warm. You're you're of the tropical <laughs> man, right? What y'all got going on? I wish I could have been somewhere exotic. Unfortunately for myself, I am in currently on the East Coast, and okay. we have not seen the sun in about four or five days now. So we're just waiting for a little sunshine to peek through the clouds and bring some more smiles to our faces. <laughs> They say alligators need a little bit of sunlight, sun rays, so they can have smiles on their faces, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, LeVar, so weren't we like that? Medulla obligata. <laughs> hey, we were like that for a while, man. It was, it was bad out there in rain. Southern California. Tons of rain. Yeah. Oh, I ain't you, lying, man. It's been raining since, like, Monday. We have not had any sun in, like, five days. It's, like, it's crazy, man. What the wow. going on out here? I'll tell you what. One thing you shouldn't do when it's raining out, is making sure that uh, you're responsible. So, listen, it can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go. You think of calling a ride home. Nah. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. All right, fellas, The weather has been interesting here. Uh, it, it looks as though it, it doesn't want to rain today, which is very nice. We've needed rain in Southern California, obviously. It was a dry spell. Uh, your weather, you know, sun peeking through. That is uh, glass half full at this time of the year for someone in the neck of the woods that you're in. Uh, let's compare this to our reactions to the college football playoff. Now, the games took place – they played out, and and I would say largely in part, we we all had the idea that that both teams that lost were overmatched teams, and it played out. You saw the dominance of the the upper echelon teams in the SEC show out. 
What are you, you your guys' uh, takeaways from that game? What's the biggest takeaway from the Georgia game and, and the Alabama game and them now um, squaring off? I, I thought the first game with Cincinnati and Alabama, I thought, I, well, let me say this, I, I was wrong. I, I, I felt like it would be a more competitive game. I thought Cincinnati would come out and put up a fight, which they did. They just – I go back to that first drive, man, and I don't know if you guys watched the entirety of the game, but Alabama, they go down and score, just run, 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 run. <laughs> we're going to take you, so we're going to show you you can't match up with us. Cincinnati comes back, and they put a nice drive together. Receivers wide open in the end zone for a touchdown to tie at 7-7. Ball gets batted down. He routed the receiver up on a slant route. I believe it was number 12 from uh, University of Cincinnati. It was the batted balls when guys were open, but they just couldn't stop the run. Their secondary did a really good job uh, slowing that passing game down, but Cincinnati could not stop the run. Georgia-Michigan went pretty much how I thought it would go. Michigan would not be able to run the ball. Georgia would be too stout up front. and They, they were just better at every position, Georgia, and, and I felt that game went exactly how I thought it would, but I, I was – Somewhat surprised that Cincinnati wasn't a little more competitive than with Alabama. You know what? Uh, watching the Cincinnati game, I think Luke Fickle knew that going into that football game that Alabama had superior athletes on the edge as far as the wide receivers, defensive backs, corners, and safeties. And I thought that what he tried to do, he tried to take the air out of the football game. But what happened was Cincinnati got behind early and I think his strategy was to try to run the football, control the clock, keep the off, keep the Alabama offense off the football field so they could, you know, because he knew that they had a better football team. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the, 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 the play clock that was Cincinnati was running, they was running the, the, the play clock all the way underneath five seconds. So he was trying to keep the Alabama football team off the field but I think the strategy backfired. And if you look at Cincinnati, they have one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. They throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. Why, did he, why didn't he come out and have that same approach going into this game? I think he scaled, uh, he, he scaled it back, and he went in with a strategy. And Nick Saban said, okay, if you want to take the air out of the football game and try to keep us off the field, that's what I'm going to do. And Bryce Young didn't have a great night, but, but Nick Saban ran the football down their throats. And when they got behind – they knew that you know Alabama started blitzing, thirty-one coming off the edge. Who who was who was the, the best college football player on defense to me? I don't know how the guy ninety-seven went from Michigan, but that's a whole other that, story. That's a fact. <laughs> that's I a mean, fact. if you go listen, if, if you're going to the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony, you're supposed to be the best player in your position. And thirty-one clearly, Anderson Junior is clearly the best defensive end in all of college football. But getting back to that, I think Luke Figure went into that game. He had a strategy, and it backfired. And as far as the Georgia and the Michigan game goes, I enjoyed every piece. I'm sure you did. (laughs) I enjoyed every piece of it because you know what? If you looked at that game, it was entirely too much speed for Michigan. They just couldn't adapt. It, it, it It was too much speed. Power. Listen, I knew that going into that football game, the way that Georgia lost that game to Alabama two weeks ago, that mm-hmm. Georgia was going to come out and play their best football game. And you look at Kirby Smart at halftime, he was he was going crazy on the quarterback. Like, Yo, man, let's go. Let's score some more points. And I think Georgia wanted to go into that game and embarrass Michigan, and that's exactly what they did. Oof. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it it wasn't a good look for our ten. Um, that's that that is not for our ten. I don't care yeah. nothing about them. Well, I get it, but you know, it's it's our it's the our amazing who stretch. You know, I, amazing I, who I understand that there is a, a disdain for them who? from yourself. I I understand <laughs> that. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. You know what? I, I'll say this: it's a different caliber of football. Is what it, it was. It, it, it the those the wealth and the riches of of the Alabamas and of the of the you know the Georgias it is it is one of those things where it, when we talk about achieving parity in college sports i think i think you start to realize when you see games like this i don't think it's going to happen <laughs> it's not, it, it, you know what the interesting thing is it it may it may shift right it has shifted at times uh but i don't know that we've ever seen well i know we've never seen uh, a dominant run such as this Alabama run and 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 to that point the the possibilities of of Georgia revisiting what they were um all those years ago they they seem to be right there at it obviously being in the mix of it, it w- every it wasn't single that year long ago, though. it wasn't yeah, that long well, ago 4 or well, 5 years ago is not a long time yeah, but dominant, dominant. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that, but I mean, consistent. You know, I, yeah. I think, I think, I think Georgia is starting to turn into a consistent power um, mm-hmm. versus having a good year or putting together a couple good years. I think mm-hmm. they're like a perennial team to. They're just lacking consistent quarterback play. Well, that, I, that, I mean, that's the thing with Georgia. They're lacking consistent quarterback. They're losing with the well, games that they lose. Jake Fromm was pretty good when he was there. He was. He he was, well, was pretty good. Fields was there and transferred. Yeah, because Kirby Smart wanted to play it safe. And, oh, I'm going to keep the guy that got me to the championship even though we lost. I may have a more talented player behind him, but I'm not going to switch. That was a bad decision. It was a bad decision on Kirby Smart part. Because you got to the championship game, you're going to keep the same guy there. You lost the championship game. Hey, I'll say this. Look, Nick Saban, <laughs> and that that B boy pose that he had after that football game—is that funny? That 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 album cover pose—is that funny? Hey, I, I think what he's saying is this. He's like, listen, this is probably the worst team I've had since I've been here. And since 2008, they've they've what won seven or what six or seven national championships, and this is probably the worst team that he's had. They're going, he's he going to win another and, one? Yeah, and he's willed this group I to say, so. watch this. I don't. I'm going, to, I'm going to take this team that I have, which is probably the worst team that I have since I've been here, and I'm going to win another championship. And I have maybe, you know, two – maybe one or two players that, that, that were going to the first round off of that football team, which he usually puts about five or six guys in the first round off of every team every year. This is the worst team that he's had. And he's saying, you know what? I'm gonna win another champ. World. I'm gonna win another national championship with this football team right here, and this is probably the worst thing I've ever had. All right. Well, I, I, I guess we'll continue the conversation of what direction college football goes in, what parity looks like, uh, a lot of other things that need to be discussed. But we're gonna switch. 
we're going to switch topics here coming up here shortly in the next segment. We're we're going to uh well, we're going to go with Jimmy J and we're going to see whose head he's on uh this week. That should be fun. We got a lot of things to get to, guys. Um uh, happy new year to everyone. I mean, and and please, you know, make sure you get a stiff mug of coffee this morning. Um yeah, I, I will say this. I I always say I condone uh, being responsible in the things that you do. Last night I was not very responsible at all, um, but I was in the confines of my own home, so that that was a good thing. Um, I'm paying for it a little bit today. Uh, I was my old people stuff. I was asleep by midnight. Yeah, no, nah, I stayed up. <laughs> I was I in bed. Up. Yo, that's crazy. Man. You, you are well. You are getting old, man. But anyways, I, I digress. You know. <laughs> Hey, Steve Spagnola, by the way, one of your your former guys, uh, he compared uh, a quarterback to a young Tom Brady. We'll also get to that as well. We got legendary moments. We got up on game, down on game. All right, we got a lot to get to, guys. So you're listening to Up On Game with LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushman, Zada, Plexico, Burris. Happy New Year to everyone. Fox Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Yup. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right. Welcome back into the show. Happy New Year to everyone. You know, I wanted to ask everybody in the the studio, everybody, you know, on the show, what their New Year's resolution is. But we don't really have time for it. Uh, I would love for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. Anyway, I, I'll tell you what we do have time for to talk about this next place uh, that I'm going to discuss with you. But it's brought to you by, you know, one of our favorite cities. That's Las Vegas, people. The greatest Ooh. arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you, you root for, Whatever sport you love to watch, biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure you plan a trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Uh, fellas, you know, we, we, this, this is an interesting segment that has continued to grow. And I enjoy listening to this young, young stud of a talent uh, bring us his, his perspective. So without further ado, let's, let's hear what our man Jimmy J has to say. Eh, let's jump on some I'm on your head. Oh, yeah. It's over like this. I'm on your head with James Jackson. What you got, JJ? Are you there? Are you there? Are you with me? Are we having any technical difficulties here? here? All right, JJ, there we go. You got you with us. All right. Yeah. Yes, sir, what you yes, got? Sir. What you got, First boss? First of all, happy New Year to y'all. Happy New yeah, Year, happy New Year. Likewise, DJ, man. Yeah, we're in twenty twenty two. Can't believe it. But unfortunately, for some teams out there, man, it might be a new year. But it's the same old James Jackson, and it's the same old "I'm on your head." Presented by the Up on Game Network and Fox Sports Radio. Look, we're going into Week seventeen of this NFL season, right? So it's the wrong time for some teams to start acting wild and start getting shaky. And, and from that standpoint, the Arizona Cardinals. I got to talk to y'all, man. I'm on your head. Because it's, it's really starting to get dry out there in the desert, man. The, Card- the Cardinals haven't looked good in a couple of weeks. And, and look at their initials, right, from A to Z. Got the whole alphabet at their repertoire and still can't find a W. It's, it's getting shaky out there. This includes a loss to the Lions in this stretch, man. And come on, anytime a team, anytime a contender loses to the Lions, you know I got to get on their head. And Phoenix is supposed to represent a firebird. But everybody over there is just ice cold right now, including their quarterback. 
and it's not good. And, and going from early MVP talks to now, Kyler Murray is starting to take a dip. Um, I know he spent some time inactive, uh, but re- ever since returning from that, it hasn't looked good, man. Only an 83 quarterback rating, only four touchdowns to three interceptions, and Arizona is one and three in this stretch. So I know a lot of this is without DeAndre Hopkins, too, and his return, but even these numbers, plus, say it with me, man, that's shaky, baby. <laughs> yeah. we, we, don't, we don't need any of that. And, and when a team starts to slide like this, y'all know I got to talk to the head coach, too. So head coach Cliff Kingsbury, man, look, I know your name is Cliff, but that, that don't mean you can fall off one now. Like I said, 0-3 in these last three weeks. But what's, what's really cool about this is even in this, in this stretch with the, with the last week loss, they still clinched a playoff berth with the 49ers loss, I believe, is what got them into the playoffs. But the rest of the NFL is shaky for that because I don't like in the, in the midst of all this struggling that they're still able to clinch a playoff berth. But the Cardinals are not off the hook just because of that. This is not how you want to look going down the stretch of the NFL season going into the playoffs. And I know they play in State Farm Arena, and that's all cool and all, but there's no insurance policy for a broken offense. Mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals, I'm on your head. Mm. Who got it? I actually agree it? with him. I, I, I agree with him. And it's not too much of a rebuttal, but it, it started. Do you guys recall? I'm back. Y'all Uh-oh. remember that? That that's Uh-oh. where it started at. Cam you think it started with, with the Cam Newton game, dude. They lose to the Panthers, thirty-four to ten. That game had me thinking. I'm sure with everybody else, like man, Cam ain't playing. He for real is back. And then you saw what happened in the games thereafter. You're like, damn, what happened to the Cardinals that game? Third, dude, they lost thirty-four to ten. They rebound. They beat a bad Seahawks team. Beat a bad Bears team. Lose to the Rams and get destroyed by the Detroit Lions. The Cardinals are going downhill fast. Play the Cowboys tomorrow. Probably going to lose that game. But they're in the playoffs. They're going to probably be one and done. But I, I agree with pretty much all that James had to say. I appreciate that because I don't, I, don't, I don't see their offense rebounding. And, you know, they had such a groove in the first, what, 10 to 12 games of the season – but when you lose Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins pretty much at the same time, and one comes back and the other one doesn't, you take a look at, at Kyler Murray's numbers and they directly correlate without having his best target and maybe the best, one of the best red zone receiving targets in the league next to Devontae Adams. You, you, you know, you know one of the problems I have, and then I'll let you go, Plex, is Rondell Moore was one of the most explosive receivers in college football last year. Runs a low 4-3. Arizona Cardinals are treating him like a possession receiver. Because he's small does not mean he can't get down the field. Stop throwing him quick screens and let the man use his ability to get down the field. And so they're just not utilizing the talent that they have the correct way, at least in my opinion. Hey, if I'm not mistaken, um, the, the guy over there, uh, LeVar Arrington, was really high on the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> oh, talk to him, Frank. Uh, talk you know, to starting him. the beginning of the season. You I, called him fool's gold, huh? I called him fool's gold. Yeah, you did. And, and um, this is exactly what's happened. The he said the Cardinals is, and the Raiders were fool's gold. I will give you gold. credit for You did and say that. they are. Listen, Kyler Murray's a great player. I think he's a good player. Is he an, an elite quarterback? He is not. He has one of the best wide receivers in all of football in DeAndre Hopkins. You pair him up with A.J. Green. They have great offense. DeAndre Hopkins has been in and out of the lineup, hurt. So he's out. 
Kyler Murray's out. Then J.J. Watt goes down. And now, you know, Chandler Jones is the marked man on that defense. All we got to do is try to contain Chandler Jones, and, and, and any football team has a chance to win that game. I was never sold on the Arizona Cardinals. I've always said the, the Los Angeles Rams will represent the NFC West coming out of that division, and that is exactly what's happening. They have a good football team, but I don't think that they're going to come out of the, the, the NFC West and, and represent that division. I've always said the Rams, and that's what I'm sticking with. Are they yeah, able to have – are they still able to have a successful year, guys? Like, in, they're, in they're having of, a successful year. They're having okay, a great year. But, okay, it's but successful, what? LeVar, anytime you make the playoffs. It's, okay, it's, not, it's not easy. And, and we all know this. We play off, the league. you got to crawl before you walk. You start mm-hmm. off having a, an MVP bid, and in, in he's in the race, Kyler Murray. At one point in time, he was uh, a front runner. That it, it was a foregone conclusion that – he was playing the best football in in the National Football League by by many people. Um, that that came to a halt when I, I think the injury changed how he played. I, I think his injury to his ankle had a lot to do with the the slide that they've had this season. But I think they just had so many expectations on them this year. I don't know that where they're currently at, this is viewed as a successful season so far. I mean, obviously you can change your fortunes once you get to the playoffs, but I guess that leads me to the next question. And it's because it's what I'm thinking. What, what type of a playoff run makes this a successful year with a team that started off so hot? Just getting yeah, I- into the playoffs. Go ahead, JJ. Really? That, but, but, is that, but is that all? Like, that's, that's my, it can't be it. I guess my follow that can't be it to me, especially, LaVar, you talk about getting off to such a hot start. Like, I think your expectations can change, you know, once the season starts, once you start to realize who your football team is. Now we go from just making the playoffs to I'm looking for an NFC, you know, championship. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Something like that. Let me ask you guys this. When the Cardinals had the best record in the NFC, I sure didn't think it. Did you Did you guys really think they were the best team in the NFC? We were all saying Hell Tampa no. Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams are better, even though they had beaten the Rams. We were saying That's this correct. on the air. That so because they had the best record does not make them the best team. There's steps that you take as a football team. This is year three for them that, okay, they're going to make the playoffs. That's a step in the right direction. Next year, can they come and improve on that? And so that's why I say the season has been success because even when they had the quote-unquote best record, I still didn't think they were the best team. But is that the, is that the approach the team should take, though? Like, if I'm, if I'm Cliff or if I'm the, the brass of Arizona, I'm saying this is what we've paid for. This is what we've worked to Absolutely. build. Like, you need to be cashing in on being better because if you realize – I mean, if you pay attention, they've, they're they making a, a a habit of, of late-season nosedives. This happened mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Well, at least this nosedive. At least this nosedive gets them into the playoffs. That nosedive last year, they was watching the playoffs like we were. Mm, and, you bring in, and you bring in Zach Ertz. I mean, so now you have an all-pro tight end on your team. So And A.J. Green. And A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. Listen, you can't have a, a, a better core of, of, of skill players. So it's, it's basically do or die for the, for the Cardinals right now. They're, they're not, you know, preparing for the future. It's right now for the right Arizona Cardinals. Thing, yep. Right now thing, yep. And they're not doing it. 
All right. Any last words, uh, young phenom? Nah, no, nothing. I, I, I'm kind of split in the middle with the Cardinals, but I'm kind of thinking this is a disappointing season just to how they started. If they continue the news vibe and it ends on a bad note, I'm calling disappointment for the Arizona Cardinals, man. I'm stamping that down. That's Jimmy J, otherwise known as James Jackson, if you're nasty. Yes, Make sure you check him out and the rest of the crew. Yeah, on, on Up On Game Network, uh, Straight Facts Podcast. Make sure you check him out, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Ralphie. Yes, appreciate you guys. Let's get a trending, my brother. What you got? Believe it or not, we're already into New Year's Day Bowl action. Game number one of the day. It's the Outback Bowl, 5.42 to play in the first quarter. Number 21, Arkansas, and what's that, Penn State? I'm not, I'm not yeah. familiar with them yet. We are yeah. that. Currently, it is scoreless Stop there that. in Tampa as they play at <laughs> Raymond James Stadium. Coming up at the top of the hour, two games will be kicking off. Florida Citrus Bowl, number oh, no. 15, Iowa, taking on number 22, Kentucky, and in Glendale, Arizona. It's the Fiesta Bowl, number five, Notre Dame, and number nine, Oklahoma State. Right now on the college hardwood, number 17, Texas, a 24-16 lead over West Virginia, 422 to play in the first half there. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson didn't practice Thursday, didn't practice Friday, limited practice on Wednesday, and so not a whole lot of action. He is questionable for this week. Tyler Huntley, though, will be available. Hollywood Brown, by the way, all also has uh, not practiced. So we'll see if he's going to be available. Uh, Sad news from the NFL. Dan Reeves has died at the age of 77 after complications from dementia. Of course, he coached the Broncos, the Giants, and the Falcons, taking Denver and Atlanta to the Super Bowl. But, uh, gentlemen, we will progress from there because it is New Year's Day. And, LeVar, I know this fires you up. Come on. And with that, (laughs) I have something that should jack you all up. Let's do it. So let's jump into our New Year's Day Wayback Machine. And it takes us to Tampa, Florida and the Outback Bowl, January 1st, 1999. 29 yards, you're saying officially. Gets his hands up. I think mean, he's he got it. Yep. He just pulled his way right there. Goes up. And I mean he was on the way down and hit it and blocked it. One year later, <laughs> January 1st, it was the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Joe Marty back on the field against him. Burris gonna run for the end zone. They've got him. Touchdown! Michigan State a two-point conversion away. 30 yards to Plaxico Burris. 6'6", 222 out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. That's too easy. And 20 years ago today, it was the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe. Second and seven. Smith with a lot of time. Going toward the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Hushmanzada. It's likely isn't a surprise that LeVar earned a late hit penalty in his game. (laughs) And Stretch was too busy with a hat trick of touchdowns in his. But what you guys didn't know is on that play, TJ earned a little bit extra. And now a flag thrown in the end zone (laughs) after the play. (laughs) So Richard foul. Against the scoring team, the touchdown count. A 45-yard field goal. 
TJ been selling out. Hey, TJ the worst behaved out of all of us. Don't nobody even know that. And man. with all of that oh, said, man. let's get oh, up man. on game. Oh, man. Hey, shots Yo, out that and is thoughts priceless. out and prayers out to, to Dan Reeves and his family. I'm a big fan yeah. of Dan Reeves going way back. Um Ralph, mm-hmm. shots out to you, man. That 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 was pretty cool, man. My hairs yeah, on my dope. neck do stand up when that song that comes was on. That, that man, was I tell you. It did a little digging yesterday for it. Well, yeah, that that, that was a Three great years history consecutive. lesson. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, sir. Man. All on this yeah. day. That's wow. pretty cool, man. That's it's not only pretty wow. cool, but you know, the one thing I'll say, it it, it blows me away how disconnected today's sports athletes are in football for me that that they just don't know about our game they don't know about the guys that have played it they just don't they don't know anybody the history (laughs) it's the wildest uh, bro it's one of the wildest phenomenons maybe it's wild to me because that's just how i was raised um but it just seemed like everybody that i was around back in the day you you knew football like you were you were acclimated to it if you were a part of the culture, and you started to know who to watch. You started to pick out the best players, the best teams, the the best coaches, and then you start learning about them, and then that foundation becomes something that you you run with and you ride with, you know, all the way, you know, I guess until you die, really. But that doesn't seem to be – how God, like, bro, I, on God, I asked a, a kid the other day. He's, he's a dope athlete, dope player, five-star, five-star guy, plays linebacker in high school. And I, I said something to him, and I was like, man, I was like, you know, Michael Parsons is, is a guy that, that, you know, just makes plays and makes differences. Are you like that? And he looked at me, and I could tell by how blank his look was. He had yeah, no, no idea, idea who Micah Parsons was. That's crazy. And he's Be- Because current. he's a young player, very, very young. He's current. It just te- it just, you know what it just tells me? That a lot of guys these days are just not into football outside of football. Or they just really feel themselves and they think they're better than what they are. Mm-hmm. How can you get to where you want to go and, and chase a dream and, and, and follow your dream if you don't know who's in front of you and, and, and what to watch and what to learn from? I, I was thinking the same thing. But, I mean, is the game in in a better condition? I mean, it seems like the game is, is in a better condition than how we left it. But I do believe that, you know, a, a major part of how the game is supposed to to grow and be what it's supposed to be is the legacy of it right the the passing right. of the torch the the carrying of of the you know the guard like you you got to you got to take on the responsibilities at least this is how I thought right like when I came into no, the league crazy. I'm sitting there when I went into college I'm sitting there like I got to live up to the expectation of what linebackers were here at Penn State. When I went into the league, it was more holistic. I'm not only looking at it from the team that I'm playing for, holding up the tradition of what that was, but I'm looking at it from, uh, you know, 
Greg Lloyd was one of my. He is my favorite player. The 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 you know the guys from that linebacking core. The the guys that I studied from LT to Michael Singletary to Dick Buckus and and you know a host of other linebackers that you know Tom Jackson. I, I mean you name it. Carl Banks, uh, Harry Carson. I, there, I could go all day naming guys that it was important to me to be a representation of the best of what they were. And it, how can how do you do it? How, how do you play this game and not have that type of accountability? I mean, it seems doable. I, I don't, I don't want to make it a criticism. Um, it, it is certainly an observation. How do you how do you what are you playing for? Like outside, I guess the obvious, your yourself, your your teammates, your family, is, is that enough, guys? Is is that enough to y'all? It's just a different. It's a different day and age. That that's obvious. And, and also, the past isn't a present thing for these young players. A, a, a lot of coaches, they they don't bring that up to these kids. These kids, they don't they're on social media all day long and so if your highlights aren't on there they have no idea who you are and to be a really good player at least I thought you you have to chase somebody you have to look at somebody and I've always felt the best players learn from the best players but you also learn from bad players like I believe you can learn something from everybody Mm-hmm. And and the day you think you don't is the day you start going downhill. And I've learned from players that were better than me, and I learned from players that weren't better than me. And I, I just think that's how you approach things. But you can never become the player you want to become if you're not learning each and every time you step on the field, the court, whatever sports you may play. Yeah, I, I well – I get you, and I, I agree. All right, all right, fellas, listen, we this is up on game. It's New Year's Day. Uh, yeah. I'm watching Penn State play. Arkansas about to try to score on us. I don't like that. But a lot of, a lot of games, a great slate of games up today. Make sure you stay locked in, dialed into that if you're not doing anything else. But if you are doing anything else, make sure you enjoy it. It's your time. It's your deal. Make sure you do, do you know, good by yourself. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up here. We got legendary moment coming up. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Those are some names. Deshaun Watson. Like, let's have these conversations about where are they going to be? Like, how does that work? You know what I mean? Uh, and your boy, your boy was compared to uh, Tom Brady. Mm. But I ain't going to tell you who your boy is until we get to that topic. He is a quarterback, though, and this is Up On Game, and we are going to take a break, and I don't want to stop talking because this song right here, like it right here, right here, I'm going to let it breathe. That right there? (laughs) That right there? Let that breathe. I'm going to let that breathe because we was about to whoop Michigan State and Happy Valley when when this song came on and and they was highlighting showing Plexico. You you won and won against me, cuz. And then they showed me warming up in the play uh, in the the pregame. Hey, hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. Hey, I never seen seen an athlete so fast and jump so high and he ain't got no calf muscles. (laughs) 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 I'm like, man, how he jumping this high, man? He ain't got no calf muscles. Oh, you want to take us a break with a leg joke. All right. You're listening to Up On Game. That's Stretch Armstrong, the Joner, and TJ Hushman's out of, well, he's got great hair, and I'm LeVar Arrington, the guy with no calf muscle. And a man. bad temper. All right. <laughs> we gonna take, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. What on game? Here we go. Yeah. You got to let this mm. one breathe. 
You got to let that one breathe. If you're listening to us on our amazing, super ridiculously successful podcast, you won't hear the music that's Whoa. playing right now, but it's real smooth. And, well, you would enjoy it if you were hearing it on this show right now, this good show. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, make sure you go subscribe. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. We just launched Up On Game Presents, the extended version. We had Jim on earlier, uh, James Jackson, who's on the Straight Facts podcast. We got Pretty Left Hook. Uh, we got What Are Those, uh, which is a sneaker dip. Like, So if you're into sneakers <laughs> and culture, make sure you check out Up On Game Presents, man. It's pretty dope stuff, man. Uh, fellas. There was a a quote, and it was interesting because I want to get y'all's opinion on it before we go into the second hour. We got Up On uh, Game presents Legendary Moment. We we got also uh, Up On Game and Down On Game. But let's let's get to this. Um, Joe Burrow received some really, really, really high praise. Your former defensive coordinator, uh, your championship defensive coordinator, Plexico Burrs, said that, well, Joe Burrow is like a young Tom Brady. What is what is y'all's reaction to that type of praise from such a distinguished and respected defensive coordinator in mind in the game? After you, Plex. Uh, you know what, man? Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, th- I think it was about a month, month and a half ago, I came out and I said, you know, over the next 10 or 15 years that um, that Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow would be 1A and 1B as far as, uh, you know, quarterbacks in this league. You know, uh, they, they, are, they are both, I think, you know, two of the best quarterbacks in football that we have right now. And um, I know Spags very well. He's one of my favorite people. I think he's one of the, one of the best uh, defensive play callers in all of football. But I have to disagree with him on this. Ooh. I mean, I think Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's a great player. But when you start talking GOAT-ish, you know, uh, I, I just don't agree with it. I think he's a great player. He, he, he is surrounded by some supreme talent out there in Cincinnati. But I don't think that he is – going to get to the level of a Tom Brady. Let's just say that. But I will say this. Um, he has some great players around him. You know, he, he, he's going on three wide receivers to have 1,000 yards in the season. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And I will say this. I'm going to drop a gym on y'all right quick. The last four teams to have 1,000-yard wide receivers, 1989 Washington, 95 Falcons, 04 Colts, and 08 Cardinals, they all went to the Super Bowl. Mm. Joe Burrow is better than a young Tom Brady. Ooh. But you can't compare him to what Brady is now. You, you, I like you just that. can't. I like that take. You, you, you so, can't. Somebody please help him. You, uh, <laughs> I it, like it's, that it's, take. It's a, it's, a, it's a fact. He's better than a young Tom Brady. But the game, the game is different today than it was 20 years ago. But to compare anyone to Brady with, with the amount of success and the championships that he's won, it's tough. Joe has a long way to go. He's on his way, but it's what Plaque said. He has a ton of talent around him. It always happens when a quarterback has no help. Oh, man, they got to get this guy some help. When he has all the help, the quarterback is great. It, it's a collection of everybody. 
but he he's light years ahead of a young Tom Brady, but he's wow. nowhere near the Tom Brady that we know of today. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Hour two is coming up. Uh, We got a lot to get to, man. Legendary moment. You'll enjoy that. Fox Sports Radio.